Hi folks, we're going to start a discussion of the book of Hebrews today. It's an amazing book. It is a book of contrasts, and it contrasts the old covenant given through Moses with the new covenant first prophesied through Jeremiah in the Hebrew scriptures and later inaugurated by Yeshua. Jesus at the Last Supper, a Passover Seder, and at the cross. It was written to Jewish people not long before the second Jewish temple was destroyed by Rome in 70 AD. Some scholars believe that it was addressed to Jewish believers only, to Jews who were born again but weak in their faith. For several reasons, which I hope to cover with you as we go through this book, I do not believe that. I believe the epistle was indeed written to born-again Jews who were weak in their faith, but also to Jews who might be interested in Yeshua, but had not made a profession of faith in him. And I also believe that the author certainly hoped that the epistle would be read or explained to Jews who had no apparent interest in following Jesus. This latter group may have included people who practiced traditional Judaism, the temple was still standing when Hebrews was written, some who were serious about their religious practice, and some who may have gone along with the practice of the Jewish religion because of pressure from their peers. And this book has great application for all of us today, both Jew and Gentile. Let's begin by reading and then discussing the first verse of the epistle. All scriptures in this series will be from the New International Version of the Bible, unless otherwise stated. Hebrews 1.1 In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. What does that mean? There were 16 writing prophets, men sent by God to proclaim his word and to make a written record of what they said. These written records survive today as the prophetic books of the Tanakh, or Old Testament. One of those prophets was not sent to the Jewish people, although they must surely have known of his message. That was the prophet Jonah, who was sent to proclaim the need for the people of Nineveh in Assyria to repent of their sins, and indeed they did so, and God did not bring disaster upon them. So many prophets were sent over a great many years, hence at many times. The analytical lexicon of the New Testament gives a translation for this at many times as bit by bit. That makes sense to me, 
We have a very patient God. He doesn't give us his truth all at once because he knows that we couldn't handle it. Bit by bit might be a good thing for us to keep in mind as we share God's truth with people. We want to be careful not to feed a person who has only the ability to consume one piece of bread with a seven-course meal. We need to take our Heavenly Father's example and His truth bit by bit, at least in the beginning. And the message was also given in various ways. What does that mean? The great lawgiver Moses, considered by many Jewish people to be the greatest prophet of all, and who wrote the Torah, the first five books of the Bible, wrote about the first Passover in ancient Egypt and the need for a blood sacrifice to preserve life. The shed blood came from lambs. Those things pointed to the first coming of our Messiah, the Lamb of God, and to the cross. But Moses also wrote about something that came even earlier. That was the very first mention in the Bible of a deliverer, our Messiah, who would in the future crush the head of the serpent, who at Satan's direction deceived Eve, and so led Adam and Eve to disobey God, which caused something to happen that we call the fall. God intended for us to live forever, but because of the disobedience of our first parents, all of us are born spiritually dead and have limited physical lifespans. Let's read about this. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. So the Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all cattle and more than every beast of the field. On your belly you shall go and you shall eat dust all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. The seed that the Lord is talking about here, her seed, the seed of the woman, is the deliverer, the Messiah, whom we now know is the Lord Jesus. This is the first time in the Bible that a deliverer is mentioned. This is the first foreshadowing of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus, Yeshua. The Lord speaking through Moses again said something of a profoundly prophetic nature in Deuteronomy. Let me read to you from chapter 18 of Deuteronomy, verses 18 to 19. I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among their fellow Israelites, and I will put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. I myself will call to account anyone who does not listen to my words that the prophet speaks in my name. These verses 
speak of a future deliverer who, like you, meaning like Moses, would deliver his people from slavery and death, but the deliverance of the future deliverer would be permanent. This was a prophecy about Jesus and his earthly ministry. Another prophecy of a future deliverer is in Psalm 2, where the, law, where the Lord talks about his son. Let's look at Psalm 2, verses 7 and 8. I will proclaim the Lord's decree. He said to me, you are my son. Today I become your father. Ask me, and I will make the nations your inheritance the ends of the earth, your possession. And the Lord gives us a further hint of his coming son in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 30, verse 4. Who has gone up to heaven and come down? Whose hands have gathered up the wind? Who has wrapped up the waters in a cloak? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is the name of his son? Surely you know. Folks, God the Father has a son, and he has told us about him in the Old Testament. And then we have a prophecy given to King David from the prophet Nathan, who was not one of the 16 writing prophets, but he was a prophet nonetheless. Listen to the Lord speaking through Nathan to David in 1 Chronicles chapter 17, verses 11 and 12. When your days are over and you go to be with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, one of your own sons, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for me, and I will establish his throne forever. The Lord is speaking here of the throne of the Messiah, who will be king of Israel and whose throne will be established forever. That will begin when this present age is over, and Messiah, the Lord Jesus, will reign for a thousand years from Jerusalem. That time will follow the rapture and the seven-year tribulation. That time is drawing nearer every day. Maranatha, I say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Then there was the prophet Isaiah who told of the Messiah who would come by virgin birth and who would be God himself and God with us. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Folks, Emmanuel means God with us, and that's exactly who Yeshua was when he walked among us 2,000 years ago. Folks, that prophecy was fulfilled Isaiah's prophecy, about 700 years later, when Yeshua was born in Bethlehem. And Isaiah also prophesied this in chapter 9, verse 6. 
For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This prophecy has only been partially filled as of the date of this message, October 2023, but rest assured that it will be completely fulfilled and soon, when Messiah Yeshua returns to rescue Israel, to judge the world, and to set up his 1,000-year reign. Later in his book, Isaiah prophesies about a person who would come, a servant, pardon me, who would suffer and die for our sins. This was indeed a prophecy about the Lord Jesus. He comes first as a suffering servant and only later as king and ruler at his second coming, which we expectantly wait for now. Those of you who attend a traditional Jewish synagogue might wonder why this suffering servant of Isaiah, chapter 53, is not mentioned or taught about. This prophecy is so clearly about Jesus the Messiah that is that it is abhorrent to many Jewish leaders. That is why it is not taught. And then the Lord sent Jeremiah the prophet, through whom the Lord promised a new covenant. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 31, verses 31 to 34. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest declares the Lord, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. What a wonderful promise from the Lord through Jeremiah. That new covenant was inaugurated with Jesus' death, and it will be completely fulfilled after all Israel is saved at the end of the seven-year tribulation. Let's read a verse from the New Testament about that. Romans chapter 11, verses 26 and 27. And in this way, all Israel will be saved, as it is written. The deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. And folks, there are many more examples 
that I could give you, but I don't want to tire you out. We will be talking about the new covenant in this series because it is restated in the letter to the Hebrews. The prophecy of the new covenant was made a reality when Jesus, the Son of God, gave his life and shed his blood for us on the cross. So we begin the New Testament book of Hebrews. It is an exciting book and one that is full of contrasts. It is also a book that cannot be understood without a knowledge of the Old Testament. And that is why we've been talking so much about these Old Testament prophecies today. Yes, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. My friends, none of these prophecies and the sequencing of these prophecies could be done by man. It's not a possibility. Just as the set time for God to send his son to earth, there was a set time, a time set by God for each of the prophecies that we've discussed in this message to happen. Galatians 4.4 talks about the set time. I'd like to read it to you. Galatians 4.4, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Next time, we will see what God has done and is doing in these last days. We'll look further into the book of Hebrews. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. We'll talk about verse 2 next time. Folks, for those of you who do not know Jesus and have not accepted Yeshua as your personal Lord and Savior, especially my Jewish brothers and sisters, but also my Gentile brothers and sisters, who are likewise special, I beg of you, please call upon his name and ask him to save you today. Please don't wait. You could die today and be separated from God for eternity. You don't want that. Until the next time, my friends, God bless you.